Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to today's episode of Inside Only Fans. I am one of your hosts, Kayla Lauren. And I am CJ Sparks. Yes, you are. It feels like I haven't seen you forever. You just got back from Colombia. Yeah, Colombia. I unfortunately got no plastic surgery in Colombia, and I'm actually incredibly upset about that. Because I, I wasn't gonna recognize you when I got here today. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Is that our guest or is yeah. that CJ?" I don't know. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Oh, Colombia, what are you doing there?" Like waiting for me mm-hmm. to say, "X amount of plastic surgery." No plastic surgery. I just went and like checked out. Um, so people, so people that knew me were like, "Okay, cool, she's going to Colombia for plastic surgery." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Avi. And um, then other people that didn't really. Or don't maybe more fans, people that don't know me in real life, were like, "What are you doing in Colombia? <laughs> it is incredibly dangerous there. Are you okay? Like, what's happening?" And it was. You guys will have to correct me um, if I'm wrong. To the listeners, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. But I think everyone is just like, "Oh yeah, it's like Mexico." You know, I think that's like that's the a- natural like thing to think oh yeah Colombia. it's like kind of like mexico it's not <laughs> it's not I, I wouldn't think that but i think only because i've been your little to areas are like yeah more similar si- side note side note um from the columbia story um somebody in the comments got upset because uh they said i forget if it's a girl or a guy what about south southeast asian dildos so we forgot to mention the Southeast oh, Asian I dildos. About the Latin one. We were the Latin one, and then the our or Persian one or something, and we said the we Persian covered one's the gonna brown. have Harry. Yeah, yeah, Harry ball sack, and then the lat. We covered a big black juicy one. There was a rainbow one, and then somebody in the comments was like, "What about a Southeast Asian?" I'm like, first That's off, very specific. I was gonna say, first off, what exactly even is a Southeast Asian? I'm like, I'm assuming maybe that will be a little tanner than a regular asian is there a little more color in the southeastern i don't tell know. us what your dildos look like tell us exactly what the southeast asian dildo needs to look like and we will comment like accordingly. you're gonna break your nails off no my nails are real that's the one real thing about my body <laughs> <laughs> weirdly and your heart my, and my yeah and my yes and my heart so anyways went to Colombia. it's not like mexico guys these people don't they don't speak any English. Not a lot of tourism going no. on in Colombia, just like for the hell of it. Not mm. a lot of it. A lot of sex tourism, from what I understand. Really? Yeah. What's a lot sex of that. tourism? Well, the men go to have sex with the ladies. With the Colombian with the Colombian ladies, because they're Colombian hot puss. pieces. Yeah, exactly. Are they? The Colombian puss. Well, yeah, there's like really good plastic surgery there. Also, they're Latin. Just hot. You're born hot as a Latin woman. You just got that extra amount of sex appeal. We all know it. It's not. You know what? Yeah, we don't make the rules. This is this is factual evidence. Okay, things that we're talking about. 
Um, and then they have really good plastic surgery there. So the women are all hot. They're all hot. I can attest to that. All the women were either naturally hot, like Kayla, or they were like CJ Sparks hot, where they were drastically altered, but still hot. <laughs> so those were the two types of hot. So natural hot and drastically altered hot. So you got the Kaylas and the CJs running around Columbia. There's all types of sex tourism happening. <laughs> so, so speaking that's of plastic surgery, our next guest has a very voluptuous ass. Uh, yeah, and I was titties. gonna say that. Yeah. Okay. She's endowed. She I is. don't think she's endowed from God Himself. Okay. Entirely. Right. <laughs> but okay. besides her beautiful spirit, and okay, she has a beautiful face, but. I wonder if she has any Colombian, Colombian-made parts. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's. I'm gonna go back to Colombia <gasps> next month, and I might come back with some Colombian-made parts. So I'm kind of hoping she does. Maybe in Colombia, they have a little sticker you have to take off. Yes, she can point me in the direction of the Colombian parts, All and right. then I can go there see for myself. <laughs> Check out those parts. <laughs> God, do you want to bring her out now that we've talked about her parts? <laughs> Okay. She's back there. You know it's going to be good when she's back there making sure her nipple's not out already. Yes, yes. That's how we know it's going to be a good I show. I do believe, yeah, there was... Alexis. Yeah. The the whole video, her, like, half areola. Oh, God. <laughs> so now we did we did get some boob tape. There was some boob yeah. tape that happened. I saw the application. It's, yes. looking, mm-hmm. it's looking good. Okay. Oh. We're ready for her. Okay, so today's guest is Kiera Mia, a.k.a. Unleash Your Sexy Porn Star Turned Life Coach. Welcome. Hi, hello. Thank you for coming. You look amazing. Yeah. I'm super excited to be here. Seriously, though, I have to say, I think these are our hottest shoes we've had. We've had lots of hot, sexy toes, but if we can get, yeah. Ooh, they got a little sparkly. I know. We're like, I'm obsessed. $25 per set. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. Yeah, those are so hot. I love this tattoo. The only tattoo I want currently is one like that, like a dangly anklet tattoo. Oh, like the, oh, mine's a rosary. Yours is a rosary. Yes. yes. I want something like more in the style of a, like mandala, but like, I love that way that looks on your face. Like down, just drapes. I think it's so soft and sexy. I love it. Is your. So the wine, wine the wine bottle wine glass just isn't cutting it. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. I was like, okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. It's a little abstract. It needs a little uh, shading. I was highlighting. Nine, I was 19. You know, that's not the smartest. Actually, my friend and I got the same tattoo. And fortunately for me, I got on my foot. She has hers right here on her oh, arm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yikes. Big mistake. Yeah, but well, it's a know. good thing nowadays they have um tattoo removal yeah, places. It's true. So yeah. like when people are getting each other's names, I'm like, get it. Laura tells like tell the artist to use a number one thing because it it does a really thin line. Mm. So when you get it tattooed off, it off, it comes right off. There you Just go. be prepared in your relationships <laughs> for them to end <laughs> and to be getting laser oh, removal. That's all you need to know. It God. is. I, I mean, I really wanted the statistics. On people who've had someone's name tattooed, yeah. and they're still with them. Yeah, can't that's be good. Actually, nobody I know. My brother, when he was, fuck man, I think he was only eighteen or nineteen. He got his girlfriend's name across the chest, like <gasps> big as fuck, huge across the chest. I was gonna say, is he not he's Mexican, married. right? No, he's married. <laughs> that's that a 
Mexican and it's very Mexican. And it looks like that too. It's in like the cursive, but um, they're married and they have a four-year-old, and it's been ten years. Okay, so we got one guy. The rare. We got one person that has the thing to make it work. He's like, I don't even like her anymore. No, we love you, Julianne. But it's rare, and I. It would be funny to to find out how many people. Like, the kind of person who gets that tattoo might just be the kind of person who's not going to last in a relationship. Maybe that's mm, controversial. There you go. Yeah. There, there, you there go. could be a point there. But it's possible. Yeah, I feel like that is typically the kiss of death when you get the tattoo. Yeah. I wouldn't know, though. I don't I don't have any tattoos. None you don't? For me. Maybe you wow. should try. Maybe the reverse is true for you. And that's you should right. Just get any name. Get, get the tattoo <laughs> yes. of a name yes. of somebody you want to marry. Like. Just get a name you like, okay. and then that will draw. You'll be manifesting him in. Okay. Manifestation. There you go. Like Walter. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's why none <laughs> yes. of my relationships Walter. have worked. Walter. He's going to be over you. 60, 70, <laughs> which might be great. No, if it's, it can't be Walter. It's just got to be Walt. <laughs> the cool Walter. Yeah. Walt's like, don't worry. You can call me Walt. Speaking of manifestation, yeah. so you're a life coach now. Yes, 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 yes. I was blessed wow. enough to follow my calling. Ever since little girl i've loved to help people out mm. i believed in magic i was always like i'm a unicorn with a little witchy poo oh, like I I, i've always been that vibe and i want to heal the animals and talk to them like i've always been free-spirited so um you know obviously at the end of porn when i decided at, before to retire mm-hmm. i was like what do i love to do and i'm like i want to heal the world so how do we go about this and become a billionaire okay well, you know because she's a billionaire with a b <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. You know, and from there, that's what I did. I was like, well, how can I get paid to help people? And that's when, you know, we put every, all my little magic together. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, let's like we started vision boarding workshops. Now I do sambo healings. Like, I love a sambo. The, like those big, beautiful uh, sambo meditations mm-hmm. where everyone's laying down with their pillows. With the frequencies. Yes. Yeah. So I'm certified with that. Wow. So I'm just loving it. Okay. So let's cut to the chase. I'm going to say <laughs> what everyone's thinking. Get that you have small first, tits. <laughs> exactly. You first started healing the world with your pussy. Yes. Now yes. you're healing the world with your brain. Yeah, give yes. us that trajectory. How, yes. Now, how did it start? How did you get into the. Okay, porn so and... mind you, I'm 46. So I didn't get into porn until I was 32 years old. Okay, so we're a late bloomer. First yes. of all, your okay. skin is perfect. Yeah, oh, I thank have you. To, I'm, yeah. Thank you. You're yeah. like so. You know, it's proven that meditation literally regenerates each cell in mm-hmm. your body. Mm-hmm. And since I do nothing but meditation now, I find I'm looking younger and younger every week yeah. and every month. I would say it works. We we see we see a lot of people, and there's been a lot of um, plastic surgery, nat- natural to plastic surgery girls that come in and. All of our guests are beautiful in their own way, but yeah, you ha- you have really standout skin. Yeah, you look incredible. You. Yeah, yeah. Dang, forty six. Okay, yeah, that's so incredible. Wow. Got into it thirty two. Yeah. So around twenty one, I started dancing. Right. So at that time, I was I was like going to like the Hollywood um, like acting schools. Like I wanted to be a mainstream you actress. Here, you were here local. Oh, I'm born and raised in LA. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Damn. And you have good skin <laughs> at forty six. Damn. Holy shit. That's good. Because she, she doesn't look like rough leather. Yes. <laughs> is rough rough on your mental your physical everything no, okay damn i wow. would think God, especially the amount of drugs i did <laughs> amen relatable, relatable. but huge difference made sobriety it. made a huge difference in my skin yes uh, we'll, we'll get there yeah. um so at 21 uh i started stripping at night mm-hmm. and then during the day i would go to acting schools and acting classes i go to auditions i meet with my agent i was like hobnobbing da, da, da. by the age 30 
I hadn't landed anything huge yet. And mind you, I'd been acting classes since I was 14. So mind you, everyone I started stripping with at 21 have all become big Playboy bunnies, huge porn stars, been traveled around the world, owned two or three cars, you know, had homes. And here's, I was still like stripping at night, struggling to be an actress. For almost a decade, yeah. You're like, fuck, okay, what am I doing wrong? It's like, I don't know if it just 30 came and you're like, what do I do with my life? But at 30, I legit was just like, I'm sick of being broke. Yeah. And that was it. So I hit up my best friend who was like a huge name porn star. And I was like, bitch, I'm ready to suck dick. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the camera. Who's the- dick do I need to suck to some suck my dick? 30 like, be so doing ready. that to you. 30 <laughs> is just like, I'm selling out. No, literally. <laughs> Wait, Kayla's 20. I'm 31. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. But- Kayla's about to make her premiere. <laughs> <laughs> my trajectory was a little different. But... Go on. <laughs> yeah, so okay. then that was it. I called her. We started setting it up. And because all in my 20s, I literally tried being a real estate agent, a loan officer, a graphic designer, like everything that was possible. Like I miss, like I just do whatever I'm feeling. I'm like, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And then if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, like I'm never like, oh, I'm not going to try it. So I tried so many things. But one thing I was heavily in a lot was sales. So sales, what you're learning is about uh, residual income. So at this time, that's when MySpace was out. Yeah. You know, you oh. have, let's say I had like 50,000 followers. I was like, if everyone gave me one dollar to look at sexier pictures, yep. I'd make a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. at that point, I was like, well, let me just make a website and put sexy photos. So we, as I started with that, and then my best friend was like, okay, well, I don't think you should start like doing gangbangs. Why don't you like start with like some solo stuff and then girl, girl, and like see if you like it. Yeah. If you Go feel comfortable, slow. if it, if you feel safe, because it's a yeah. commitment. Yeah. It, you're, it's, yeah. Starting we, we slow, changing your at. entire life, yes. like your trajectory of your family, your friends, like yeah. it impacts your whole entire social yes. circle. Yeah. Internet and is your forever, family. y'all. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. So I came in, we started doing webcamming. That was fun. Then I started doing girl, girl with webcamming. And then, and mind you, I've been bisexual my whole life. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to get paid for fucking women. Mm-hmm. Like pretty women? You're kidding me. Like, like I don't know. Just in my head, I just loved everything about it. There's mm-hmm. nothing I disliked about it. Mm. So we went in, uh, I want to say like two, three years in, I wanted to maintain the sustainability. Mm. So not until three years later, then I offered my boy girl okay. to like the highest bidder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course, Brazzers took over that shit yeah. real Brothers. quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They were like, we're taking it. Yeah. I was like, yes, daddy, take it. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, guys want to see women's vaginas get pounded by the biggest dick that exists. Okay, you can, you can say it. You were going to say the biggest, blackest <laughs> thing. I can see like the biggest. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I... I have to say as well, I think that is typically, you know, like we no. all. Yeah, because Brazos was like, okay, so mind you, at this time, um, I think from 27 to 37, there was 11 years I only dated women. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were, okay, so like in your personal life. My personal yeah. life. So I was in a five-year relationship with a woman. Wow. Okay. At this time. And we broke up and I'm like, okay, I'll do boy, girl. Mind you, I hadn't been with a man. Were you shooting with her? No, 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 no. Oh, no. so she was okay Ooh. with your. The girl, girl. Your, yeah. So it was mm-hmm. real. Five years is a long, yeah. that's a long time. So you're very, you were seriously like even I a lesbian. I genuinely do attracted to women, yeah. Yes, like okay. not just for sex. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So uh, after that, I was like, okay, we broke up. And I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to go do boy girl. Because that was a rule. No mm-hmm. boy girl. So I was like, good boy girl. And uh, I remember my first boy girl. Mind you, I don't watch porn. I don't watch porn personally. What? 
I did I not watch either. porn personally. So when I was on set to do my first porn and like we're making out, he's going down on me. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, right. <laughs> and then he's like, get on your knees. I get on my knees and he like whips his cock out and he keeps trying to stick it in my face. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like looking at him. I'm like, where's the Oh, <laughs> for the blowjob, right? And oh. and then the the guy, our friend, who he's passed, Bill Fox, uh, director at the time. He um he he they literally cut and everyone starts. Not everyone knows it was my first boy girl, but a lot of people don't know I hadn't had sex with a man in over yeah. eleven years. So everyone's so laugh- your first experience hooking up with a guy was to was filming it. <laughs> wow. You didn't even like warm it up with some nothing, no normal. Nothing. And I was drunk, so I'm like, this is going to be easy. But yeah. when he whipped the cock, like, literally, and you could see the pre-cum dripping, and I was oh. like, where's the cut? Yeah. Like, like, I have to lick that? I'm literally thinking, do I have to lick that? And then the guy stopped. Everyone's laughing on set. Everybody knows it's my first boy girl. Okay. And then they're it, like, we don't use condoms. I'm like, you want me to lick that you want me stuff to- coming out of your penis? <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is a lot, guys. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I literally was like this. <laughs> <laughs> The poor guy is, is like, so the good. This way, so I had to put my face this way. Really, uh-huh. oh. <laughs> and then I was like playing it with the balls, a- like trying to hide behind the penis. No, no, no not throw not up. Not playing with the balls. <laughs> Hiding behind the like, penis. Like, yeah. I was like, don't throw up, don't throw up, breathe. <laughs> and then I'd be like, <sighs> it was, and I ended up throwing up. <laughs> I ended up throwing up. And when I put up, I ended up throwing up on the side of him while I'm like stroking him off. And I'm like, Shh. and I go right back. I'm like, no fucking no. way. And then at that point, he kind of got it. So he just like flipped me over to fuck me. God. Oh, oh my, my God. God. He was like, what have I done? <laughs> He's like, how, how many times did it take for you to be like, okay, again? You know what? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm going to say probably about a year. Wow. Maybe like six months to a year because, so that was my first. And then after that was uh, Manuel Ferreira. Oh, okay. Right? So Manuel Ferreira, everybody knows he's the most passionate lover. Like, and he's just intense. You cannot not have good sex with this man. Like, it's even like lovemaking. You're like, I think he's in love with me. You're like, oh no, he fucks everybody like that. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I think that's why he's such an incredible actor because there's so much chemistry that he Passion. creates with the woman yeah. so it doesn't look like she's just like okay you know set design oh yeah. action da 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 um so my first one i ever did with him was the second one so mind you i hadn't shot with him probably for another six this seven years and we got booked again and we shot and halfway through he was like who are you and i was like mind you, i don't remember i didn't even remember he was my second boy girl he's like i stopped working he's like, i never asked to work with you again because you sucked Oh. And I was like, he told you that? Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. And he okay. was like, he, because obviously we're six years old. Now I'm, now I'm officially Kiaramia. Right. Like, yeah. I wasn't Kiaramia when I first boy girl. Yeah. And literally, he was just like, oh my God, for now on, make sure you request me for all your boy girls. Wow. And that's all I did. I've only worked with Manuel Ferrara for the last three or four years of my what? career. So exclusively. Exclusively, yeah. So, like, once, you know, once I got my name, like, you yeah. get to choose who you want to work with. Right. So right. I, oh, no, no, I'll be like, I'm only shooting with him, nobody else. And if they could get him, and every time they'd get him. Were you dating women while you were, like, once you broke up? You know what? Once my first boy girl happened, that following, however, whatever the time frame is, that following Valentine's Day, I had done a scene with some guy. And, like, a month later, he's happened right before Valentine's Day. He's like, hey, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, you want to go to Disneyland? I don't have anything to do either. I was like, oh, okay. So it was my first time. And mind you, I didn't think of it as a date. I thought we're just going to go hang out. We're both single. And like we were having some drinks halfway through. And I found myself being a little like, 
Yeah. Ooh. Like a little clitoris throbbing over yeah. him. And I was like, the clitoris throb. The deep, the deep throb. The deep it's throb. throbbing with a man? Like, I remember just being, and it just felt also nice because mm. men are very masculine. They're very take control. Yeah. And mm. I like to surrender. I like mm. to be soft. And with women, women, other women want to be like that. Yeah. Mm. So I, it was so nice to just feel like, oh, mm. Like taken care of versus yeah. like when I'm with women, I'm always like, okay, you're what do the you dominant need? What do you want to do? Because mm. women are just so. I tried to date. I had two girlfriends, and I tried to date one woman that one woman that was more butch, and then one that was more feminine. Both yeah. times, I also ended up being more the masculine. And yeah. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, and that was and that was it. And and I remember being like, we kissed, and I was like. I got wet for a man. I only dated men after that. Never oh, went back to another woman. Wow. I've had sex with women. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But I've never so ever not attracted really dated to women a woman. Anymore? I just haven't met anybody. Yeah. And the ex-girlfriend I was with, that was 11 years ago, we just reconnected last year. Oh. Yeah, because when you're with somebody for like five years, and yeah. like, I, I think it's kind of natural if, if you're not necessarily in a relationship where you're like off and doing your own thing to still kind of want like oh i want good things for that person you know you gave them five years of your life that's a long time so mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's... didn't deserve it but <laughs> deserve it. she did not deserve it Damn. okay oh. big, if you're watching she you knows. didn't deserve it she knows. lady yeah. okay well that's probably why yeah. she came maybe back around though to say maybe yeah. say a little it was the closure i needed it's that's good you know i mean when it's as you grow and evolve mm-hmm. you don't realize abusive relationships mm-hmm. yeah because it's the norm so yeah. now where I'm at, I only, you know, I can see, whoa, like, mm. I didn't see how abusive this was. Yeah. So then when you say that, because I'm like, um, I love, I'm big into therapy. I'm sober as well. I work a program. So I'm like really big into like, I, I think everything comes from childhood. So how do you think that you now looking back and you're saying, oh, okay, that was kind of abusive or like, what would, what would you take then that you maybe wouldn't allow into your life now? <sighs> So growing up mm-hmm. in a very abusive household, mm-hmm. I didn't know what safe felt like. I didn't even know what healthy looks like. Mm-hmm. So when you only see one type of relationship, that's all I know. I, I talk, to me, it's okay. Because as a child, you learn to survive in that environment. Was it like it's screaming normal. or hitting Alcoholism, or growing? Okay. Growing up, like my dad was abusive. He used to beat my mom. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't come home for days. My mom would just never speak up when he'd walk through that door. I'd be like, well, yeah, who are you with? Mm-hmm. My mom would just be like, quiet, quiet. Me, me, like, he's hungry. Are you hungry, honey? And I'm like, he was gone for a week, mom. Like, I don't know. So it yeah. was, so therefore, like, every relationship I had after that, I ended up with people who were exactly like my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, emotionally unavailable. They were mean to me. I wasn't never heard. I wasn't allowed to speak up. And I was always put down. Mm. But it was normal to me because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So I, I always, always, I, my only reaction was to always play the same role. Mm. So with her, that's exactly the same relationship I got into. Oh, interesting that you got into the same relationship even with a woman. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Because I never, I'd never in my life been loved. Mm. I'd never had anyone be nice to me. Mm. Never. Other my mom and my brother, but that's not an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So after leaving her and then, you know, me now, you know, over what? 10 years now with certifications and doing my own he- healing and inner trauma and now you know teaching other women to have high values mm-hmm. you and setting the bar really high it's just like wow it's so sad that our parents don't teach us mm-hmm. like how to love ourselves mm-hmm. you know and so now everything that i tolerated with her it's almost a joke so me being reintroduced to her and the way she was speaking to me like was mm-hmm. just being like um condescending or like putting me down and i was literally like i forgot 
Scott. Yeah. That's how you treated me. Yeah. Don't put me down. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's funny. Mm. That's not jokes to me. Mm. Tell a funny joke, funny, but at my cost, yeah. I've insulted me, isn't funny. Yeah. So just a lot of narcissist things you're learning. So instantly I was just like noted, like everything was ill, ill. Mm. Like nothing felt good in my spirit. Yeah. Nothing, you know? So I think like what, what happens is I think people are going to hear what you're saying and they might say, oh, Okay, Kira, well, how did you end up dancing? You know, as a, as a beautiful woman, I like the term now is sex worker. It's such a broad term. I think a lot of people don't really like that because it sounds like it involves sex. Dancing doesn't yeah. always involve sex. So as a as a stripper, as a dancer, how when you're growing up in this um, kind of violent and not loving environment, how did you end up dancing? Because it's like, okay, you need a lot of confidence to do that. But then also maybe it's like, oh, you have daddy issues or whatever. How did you end up there from being... I love this question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Clear question. Clear the air, girl. It, it was literally like I was like a born again Christian. Like I used to have like Bible studies at my house. I used to like help mentor the younger girls and uh, got during your there, no when I was in my twenties. Okay. I didn't dance till I was thirty. Before you started dancing. Oh yeah, before I was dancing. So got pregnant at seventeen and got married to my baby daddy at the wow, time, I which said... I say abuser. Okay. And um, at by the age of twenty, he was in prison. So by 21, I had found out that he cheated on me with a prior girl that we'd already had issues with. Mm. So when I found that out, and mind you, this is over years of incessant cheating. It wasn't like a one-time thing. Mm. And mind you, I was like, I lost my virginity to him. I didn't cuss. I didn't curse. I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I literally was home cooking, cleaning, having sex, being his little whore. And I kept getting cheated on and cheated on and cheated on and cheated, on, cheated mm. on. And because I was taught, well, you know, as Mexicans, like, you just stay with the man and cook and you be quiet like my mom did. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for me, though. Like, it wasn't like my my spirit was like, no, 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 no. We're going to do something about it. Mm. So finally, literally, I think like a few weeks before I turned 21, I found about that girl. And I there was a switch, just like a bitch switch. A bit. Like <laughs> a bitch like switch just went on. Like, I couldn't. I no longer had the capacity to take anything more from him. Yeah. And I literally went into demon mode. Like <laughs> She I'm was gonna, on demon time, no. literally. And I'm telling you, and it led me on a seven-year drug spree oh, of no. self-destruction. Mm. Like, I was like, I'm going to hurt you more than you ever hurt me. Yeah, And, and I ended up screwing myself yeah. up. And AA, we say drink at them or use at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's literally what I was trying to do. Like, well, yeah. I'm going to get you back. Watch. Yeah. So I literally went to the strip club with all the girls that he was cheating on me with. Walked in, sat at the bar, and was like, I've never had a drink. Give me a fruity drink. Sat there, called the manager, and said, I want to audition. And mind you, all the girls in the room when I walked in were like, oh. Because my ex-husband time had a lot of money. He was mm-hmm. well-known. And everybody, he was, so much, I, he was so much older, so he'd known them way before I could even mm-hmm. go out yet. So when I turned 21, I was like, watch, I'm going to walk in that club, and I'm going to get on that stage, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to make your life mm-hmm. hell. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I remember he gave me, um, I think, like a, sh- like a Mai Tai. Yeah, or like a lemon drop Yeah, or I something. drank it. I was... Lived. I was like so buzzed. <laughs> I was like living it up, and I'm like, get me on that stage. And I got up there and was like, it took over. Oh, it's and the money was coming up. And mind you, I didn't work. I was a stay-at-home mom, mm. so he had so much control over me mm. because of the finances. Yeah. And when I saw the money come, all I felt was freedom, mm. freedom. 
I don't, you, you can't be mean to me anymore. You can't cheat on me or you can't throw money in my face because look, I'm making my own money. Mm. I'm going to get my own car. I'm going to get my own place and I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Mm. That's exactly to me what it was. So wait, let me ask you though, because I'm thinking you're, you know, you're, you're at home, you're cooking and cleaning. You had a baby, you're 21, you're having this, literally having a rebirth <laughs> on stage. <laughs> I need to know, were you always hot? Were you always hot, yes. big boobies, big ass? You or... know what? We've had this conversation. Is I've been I've been like a good looking since I was in preschool. Okay, what? I remember she I was remember, a hot baby, y'all. Yeah, okay. but I remember like in school, like, they always say like, "Oh, like you're so lucky to be good looking." But there's a bath side. I've always been hated on. Mm, I was okay. the girl from kindergarten to preschool that mm. all the boys would chase, and every girl hated me. Mm. People were the girls were never nice. So my whole life was just like I was always friends with like the smart Asian girls or the overweight like all the people that were made fun of i always hung out with them mm. and yeah. they were always nice and loving and they accepted me the way they were and they weren't mean to me they didn't pick on me so those have always been the people i've hung out with yeah like the cool crowd like would never they'd be like ah, ah, ah. they were mm. always so mean so yeah. cruel and so mean it's to so me it's so weird how kids do that's that how, right? that's how mine i wasn't that young but that was me probably like fifth grade on mm. and i was always the kind of like the nerdy Pretty yeah, woman. oh yeah, and I was like the smart, pretty one, and I never wanted to be friends with the cool girls. Mm. I like I then I in high school same thing. I was always friends with like the AP nerdy students who mm. wanted to be engineers yes. or whatever, and they were just like <laughs> cool as fuck. And yeah. we did we watched weird cult films and like <laughs> like we didn't care, but they were they were just nicer, and the girls were just honestly nice people. Yes, and that's that's a that's definitely a thing. Mm. I was ugly young. growing up, so I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> so people but, always uh, tell me that, and I'm like, I'm like, it's not what people think. I'm like, I've been hated on more than I've been mm, liked, mm, yeah, because of my looks. So, so then when yeah. you got up there, you were on the stripper pole. You weren't just stripping around at your ex husband. You were stripping around also at those bitches that were like, we're not going to be friends with you yep. because you're too good looking, and it kind of putting putting you down your whole life so you were taking it off whipping that <laughs> bra around your head like fuck everybody i'm drunk i'm Literally. the one living shot did he <laughs> come to the club still? he showed up that night and tried to pull me off the stage <gasps> oh, and the security God. guards grabbed them and kicked him out of the club and then oh you stayed God. did you work there I, I, and then... I worked the whole night i worked there for like another year and he never came back he tried a few times but he, <laughs> he, he wasn't even allowed in the club wow <laughs> And, wow. I, and, and I ended up fucking club. all those girls that he cheated on. Good me for you. Honestly, that's, that's some Frida. I was gonna shit. say, I feel like that. Yeah, that is some Frida Kahlo oh, shit. Yeah, she awesome. was like, oh, you're gonna fuck this one. I'm fucking <laughs> her too. too. Yeah, God bless Frida. <laughs> and it's, I do. Yeah, I do think that that's such a boss move. That's such a boss yeah. move taking all the women because that's the thing too. Is it's just like it's not really the women's fault. It's yeah. more on him because he was the married. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I have a question. Okay, so. As a life coach now and yeah. tapping more into spirituality, how do you meld um, the two worlds? Mm. Because there's a lot of things that don't seem like they would mix, you know, in like a sex worker world, porn world, whatever it might be. And then in a life coaching, like what you would typically think right. of in life coaching. Um, I'm always very curious about this question because I come from a mental health psychology background. That's right. what my degrees in and worked in. And I also started a little later, so I didn't get into anything, any even like photo shoots until I was maybe 27, 28, 31 now, 27. So I'm always curious because I honestly do grapple with it still. I don't, I'm not the person who is always feeling like, fuck yes, this is all empowering and I like, fuck what you think. I don't, that's not me. 
And I do question sometimes, like, is this a good thing for me? Is this good for society? How will this impact kids? How do you meld Oh, I love this question. <laughs> well, I do. No, I really, really do. I find like when I coach, I, I coach people who are like the black sheep, like people who don't stand out, people who are sex workers, people who had addictions, people who like were told well, what you did was bad or a sin or things that the people where the society would cast these people mm. out. I feel like I'm the coach because I've been there and done that. And how it comes with this is we have the divine feminine, mm. right? And divine feminine, these are, are our true nature is to be wild, frolic, naked near the lake, eat berries, raise the kids, breastfeed and make love to our husband. That is the natural state of a divine feminine woman. Mm -hmm. And that's what allows the masculine man to go hunt, to hook, to take care of you and protect. Mm -hmm. But what happens in society nowadays, women are so masculated. I'm the boss. I do this. I do that. That they're, And then society comes in that you have to act A, B, and C to be respected. Mm -hmm. So what it comes down to is I coach and how I bring myself is whatever feels like a deep fuck yes in my soul like it resonates and I'm comfortable with it, I own it. Like whatever decision. So, and I, and I tell some, some girls I work with, if you don't like being a sex worker, don't do it. Mm. You don't want to be an attorney. Don't do it. If it's not a deep fuck yes, like it doesn't feel yummy in your soul, do not do it. That's when you're selling your soul. Mm -hmm. I, so I've never had a problem with my, with what I've done for a living. Mm. I quit because I no longer was enjoying it mm. okay. and was like, okay, what does light my soul on fire helping people like so how can i go into this so it's removing the the belief system it's the belief that oh sex is wrong or selling my body is wrong or the shame behind it versus like i'm adding pleasure to men's life mm -hmm. i'm relieving them from anxiety from stress from anger and even like he gets to release and go home to his wife and enjoy himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I get to look at the magic of my essence, of my femininity, of my sexuality as medicine. Ooh. What okay. do you think about porn, how porn impacts, like, let's say porn addiction, um, how that impacts a person and how the, the porn field plays a role in I that? I love this question to you. some <laughs> fucking million dollar questions. <laughs> I love that question because addiction's addiction, whether it's porn, alcoholism, sugar, drugs, love. So addiction has nothing to do with just pornography. Mm -hmm. Addiction has to do with there's a person that has to do this inner work that has healing to do. And people get into addictions because they're putting a Band-Aid over a wound, over some childhood trauma that they have gone untreated with. Mm. Yeah, I believe that porn as well. has nothing to do with it. It's Childhood. just their drug of choice, basically. Yeah. Okay. It, so it's it's the people with addictions. That's what we're here for. What happened in your childhood? What happened when, you know, did you get molested when you were five? Did your mom or dad leave you when you were five? Did you get raped when you were 12 by your dad? Like, like what is your story? Was it, you know, some boy and his father raped him? Mm -hmm. Something happened in somebody's life at some point where some trauma came into their life that they decided and we're probably taught, because I know from my being taught, we weren't taught to talk about our feelings, mm -hmm. to release them, to heal, to go to therapy, to, you know, you know, release trauma. Mm -hmm. it, we were taught to hide it, be quiet, suck it up, and don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when we get to teach our children nowadays, hey, if something happens, we're going to talk about this. I want you to go, that punching bag, release. We're, it's about releasing and feeling, releasing and feeling. 
then you make space for freedom, mm. joy. But there's no space for freedom and joy when you have so much anger, resentment, yeah. and trauma. Mm. And then people keep getting Band-Aids. Mm -hmm. So th the next high, the next high, the next hit, the next hit, mm -hmm. the next hit. Versus, nah, like, let me go through. Let's undo some of these. Put some rubbing alcohol in there. It's mm -hmm. going to fizzle. It's going to burn. But when the burning's gone, what is there? Space, mm. light, freedom, mm -hmm. serenity. And then that makes space for love to come in. Mm -hmm. Joy, freedom, which is probably people who are always fixing on the next, the fiending for mm -hmm. the next high, don't even know what that feels like because they've never allowed themselves to right. enjoy something. Right. I wonder if, like, with that analogy kind of is, I guess, if you're an alcoholic, you wouldn't people aren't blaming the bar mm. they're not blaming the liquor store correct like look you're an alcoholic because the liquor exists right so i can see why like let's say people who blame the porn industry for sex addiction or porn addiction why like why are you blaming the sub like a supplier essentially right. for the person and we've yeah. talked about that before like mm -hmm. you guys are coming to see this stuff I've, I've, this is just something I've been thinking about. So, like, it sounds insane to me when someone, especially when somebody's like, "Oh, porn, there's porn addicts because of you," and I'm like, "Like you, like you really are the sheeple in this world that <laughs> think that porn is the issue." Right. That's not the issue, and right. that's why I feel like where we get to come in, like us as healers, like I always say, like, like we're healer, healers. Like God put it in our heart and soul that come in here to touch, move, and inspire the world in a very powerful and deeper way, and that's where I'm like, we get to. to to sit with these people and say, what happened? Like, what do you go, what, what, what did you go through? Right. Let's I think that's deal what people that. miss out on too, is like, that's why, and I've said this before too, that's why OnlyFans is um, so much more attractive versus some free porn that you can just, you know, Google or what a porn scene or your favorite porn scene or whatever. Why, why it's so attractive is because there's that connection that doesn't exist within just if you Google the free porn or whatever, you right. know, and then that's why people continue to come back and spend money um, with that particular person because there's seemingly that connection, that real connection that I think so many people, you know, we found out during the pandemic as well when everybody went into lockdown, so many people are craving and it kind of comes from all walks of life mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, Everyone wants to feel loved, mm -hmm. seen and validated. Mm -hmm. And if they're not getting that, of course, like what, you know, we're on OnlyFans, literally high Hi, Barry. How was your day today? Mm -hmm. Like we're 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 creating genuine connections with men mm -hmm. that aren't mm -hmm. even like I I have some people and they're like I don't want to open any of your videos. Yeah. <laughs> I just love talking to you. Yeah, you know, like, like they're just on there to legit like right. And you know they're paying me like, well, here's a tip for this. Go get your nails done. Or right. here's this, and it's legit that like like they're literally you're creating for the first time in this person's life. Yeah, they're feeling seen. Yeah, heard and adored. Mm -hmm. And they and. To your point before, maybe it gives them the opportunity to provide in the the um, masculine way that maybe they don't yeah. have someone to provide mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. Do you think that uh, OnlyFans, both of you, OnlyFans or porn, things like that, are um, hindering consumers, let's say men, from seeking out? like in-person relationships mm, that's a good and how is that because we've seen through the pandemic let's just say that screen time like people are not seeing each other in real life as right. nearly as much anymore statistically they're not having relationships at the same rate young people aren't having sex at the same rate so maybe surprisingly oh wow do you think that this industry plays a role mm. 
I don't know if I want to say this industry. I'm going to say with the time era we're in. Yeah. There's just so much social media. Right. Okay. Because I'm going to say, I'm going to put it on like social media apps are probably 10 times mm. the screen time than OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. The internet in general. Like literally. Yeah. And we're not talking just men. Mm-hmm. We're talking about women. So yeah. OnlyFans, it's a small percentage. Right. The sex industry is such a small percentage of the entire world. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we only main, mainly it's men. So it's such a small compared to, let's really talk. It's social media in general. Right. Yeah. People who just are sitting on there all day long. Like whenever I see a girl be like, I had to take a week off. I always think, oh, she has, you have some addiction issues. Yeah. Mm. The fact that you're letting the social media control your emotions Mm. to me makes no sense because I wake up every morning with intentions and today's going to be the best day of my life. I'm going to attract million dollar deals. My name's being put in rooms that I haven't, but like I'm going in, I'm creating magic. It was like manifestation all day long. Because you have control of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Versus somebody who just wakes up and is like scrolling, seeing all these hot girls and maybe they're working nine to five job and they're not getting this and they're not getting that. And they're like, I couldn't, or maybe they're stalking their ex's page and they're like, they moved on and they're like, I had to get off social media for a whole week. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I don't have that issue, but mm. I like you're saying, like it's not just OnlyFans. You're, that's it's yeah, it's I social think media, right. yeah. and it's, it's people like escaping. Yeah. There's a book that I just read called Dopamine Nation. That you, I don't know if you read it, but no, you probably really like it. And it's about um, she's a therapist, and she relates it to her work in therapy with addicts. Mm. But she then draws conclusions from social media and yeah. the world we have now, and how. Like you said, you're scrolling and you're constantly looking for that instant gratification and the mm-hmm. connection. And it's kind of like absorbing and it's very addicting yeah. where it's on one hand, you can be like, oh, these kids, they can't get off their phones. But there's something going on chemically yes. like an addiction where you're seeing the dopamine receptors light up and then they're getting oversaturated and then you need more, more, yes. more. Um, but I think that's a good point that it the por- porn it's it's kind of like the loud minority because yeah. it's so like it's sexual and all these things it seems like it's so pervasive but it's really like and i feel like it's it's like religion religion mm-hmm. comes in and then we have the government the government that can't really take money they can't get their percentage out of it so they're just like how can we control that industry yeah. because they're not controlling they're not talking bad about people being on instagram right you know 99 percent of their day suicide right. rates with that somebody right. on OnlyFans for 20 percent of their day is the enemy oh yeah. no mm-hmm. you know god forbid yeah. somebody actually you know like make a friend or something yeah they'd rather you <laughs> they'd rather you go on social media and be brainwashed into right. lack Ads. i'm not enough right. i'm not enough yeah. i'm not enough pain All pain Shopping. Pain, pain, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm depressed. I need medication. Right. Let mm-hmm. me go get medication. Right. Oh, now I have anxiety. Let me go get anxiety meds. Yeah. No, yeah. go to OnlyFans. Go open a video. Jack off. There's a momentary. And go about your day. Right. And get a yeah. life coach. Right. <laughs> and no, literally. That's true. And get your life coach on OnlyFans that you can also <laughs> jack off to. And then you could ask her, okay, well, now what about this in my job? And this is happening. And I don't really know how to do it. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. We train people to program their belief system. Mm. What you focus on, you bring about. Mm. Your your thoughts are a preview of life's coming attractions. That's quantum physics. So that means it's scientifically proven. Mm. Every thought has a vibrational frequency. So each one of our cells, every cell, if you were to put like those little things on to measure it, mm-hmm. has a vibrational frequency. That's what I've understood that even like these top athletes as well, they're taught to envision the yes. win. Or so to your your body, the... your brain, mm-hmm. your energy field has no idea between what you're thinking is fake or where you're thinking it's real. Mm-hmm. 
And that's because each thought holds a vibrational frequency. Happiness is 432. Sadness is like 858 megahertz. So they all have a vibrational frequency. So when you have a bad day, you're vibrating at 828. Science proves anything else in this world within the vicinity on the same vibrational frequency. I'm angry, 828. Everything else that's vibrating that same frequency is attracted to me. Wow. Which means I'm going to get another red light. I'm going to mm-hmm. stub my toe. I'm going to get into, I'm going to text somebody and they're up only because they're on the same vibrational frequency. Now we're going to argue mm. versus to stop, reprogram. I would do this thing called shift and I put my hands <laughs> here and I go, <laughs> and it's silly. So I start laughing. So no matter what mood I'm in, I've now went from eight, 30 minutes. I was angry at somebody. Now I'm laughing and I feel stupid. I'm like, I'm so retarded. Being silly. Yeah. But now I'm back to 432 mm. in a split second. Through one act of saying shift, I now change my frequency. Mm. So now my day is going to go about where now I'm going to attract a happy person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Starbucks and maybe somebody in front of me is going to buy me a free coffee. Okay, like, yes, Because now coffee. you're operating, which is yeah. makes sense that the top, what, 3% of the world, billionaires, their frequency level is so high because they know how to create and get anything in this world. Mm-hmm. They know the vibrational frequency, so they stay elevated. Mm. And the rest of the world goes on Instagram. I'm not this. I'm not that. And they don't have no one teaching them what to focus on, how to manifest, how to create, how to be brilliant. What is their genius Mm. to activate? Because we're all powerful. Mm. You just have to activate it. It's just unactivated. How did you come to the point where you were just like, I'm ready to get off the pole, ready to stop sucking dick and activate my greatness? What was the shift for you? I want to say it was like eight years ago. And my cure me, I was at the top of my game. I already produced, directed, had my own film company. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of only could go so high. Mm-hmm. And I, from there, I was like, hey, what's next? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, again, like, how can I make money? I want to make billions of dollars, mm-hmm. but I want to be transforming people's lives. So I like a motivational speaker, all that stuff. And I went to my first training, which I, you know, I went to go get trained and it changed my life. Trained to become a motivational speaker? No, I went to like a, like a retreat. Okay. I went in. To like, oh, let me go. I need a spiritual getaway. And by the end of it, it was like a three-month program. Wow. By the end of it, my whole life had been transformed. Mm. And I thought, how do I give this magic to other people? Let me, let me, what was the number one takeaway from that retreat? Just so we can give the people a taste. <sighs> Take it like, don't eat asparagus on your <laughs> stomach. <laughs> <laughs> the number one takeaway was I can create the impossible future Mm. so everything that i thought was impossible was possible Mm. so so that's the main thing is you're like everything is possible Mm -hmm. and i didn't i never even had that mentality because i didn't even think it was important to think that Mm. but after three months of everything that i thought was impossible put on a list and i need to go out and get it and achieving all of it you're just like wow how i'm so powerful Mm. And when, you know, obviously we go in and we do a lot of trauma work. Yeah. A lot of trauma work. And just, and oh, 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 yeah. yeah. You gotta cry yeah. and scream a little yeah, bit. Yeah, mm. oh, screaming, punching, on the floor in fetal position. Mm. And by the three months, there was, I've never felt so much freedom. Damn. And I thought, wow, like, 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 like I want everyone to feel this, mm. this freedom. There's this, it's just freedom. You feel free from everything, like it's this lightness. And I was like, how do I add this to other people's life? And then that's when I said, I want to become a trainer. Hmm. And they were like, sure. So I went to school with them and started training. This is a really off topic question. But in like being in porn 
and you obviously you have a daughter. Yeah. How did that like how did you navigate having a daughter while you were at the height of porn? I love your questions. <laughs> Kayla's really good no, at No, you're asking one. some fucking I'm, I'm powerful truly questions. Interested. <laughs> these are questions that people are always asking on my Instagram because they think, oh, I'm like Oh, your daughter must be humiliated. It's the most family. I'm like, first of all, I pay my mom's house bill. I bought her her dream car. Like, tell me where my mom's... Okay, yes. so my daughter had traveled around the entire world first class cabins. Wow. By the time she was 21. Ooh, she's 20. She's going to be 29 this year. Wow. Um, when she first found out about it, it didn't go so well because she was like 15, 16. And I, think, I didn't think she was at the age yet because my parents are very born again Christians. I didn't think she was at the age yet for me to try to explain it to her without judgment. So she ended up opening up a laptop and seeing some stuff and then it caused what like, did she see do you remember it what was, it was uh, it was like my it was like my girl girl replay from my webcam oh, oh no okay. well at least it was two girls and she I was like only, is that mom yeah and what I are you guys doing do webcam during the day when she was in high school uh, so she wouldn't even know like, and then I erased the search, the search engine and just be like you know cook dinner when she came home she had no idea uh, but one time I didn't erase it, and I happened oh, to go to the market, and she came home from school, and I totally forgot that I left it open. So after that, it was a year of how because she felt very betrayed. Mm. So what did she say to you when you got home? This is like the reverse where usually a parent is confronting <laughs> a kid. She's like sitting with her cup of coffee like, you know, well. She didn't say anything. We were living with my girlfriend at the time. I was in a relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, she had told her. Oh, and she didn't know either. What? Wait, what? Oh, damn. Your girl. Remember I told damn. you? I wanted to see if I wanted to get into it or not. Yeah, okay. So that's how I was in a whole other life. I hadn't told All anybody. Yeah. Other than like my, the people who were running it and my best friend who They're was like, doing it with all me. The, where did you say your money came from? <laughs> I did work as a massage therapist during the day. So I just be like, oh, I'm going to work. Okay. Nobody really asked, well, how many clients did you have to see if I was there or anything? That's right. And then I would just webcam all day. And then you know, money came into my account. That was it. Nobody right. asked questions yeah. around me. And that's how it worked. <laughs> until until <laughs> you left the browser so, open. Yeah, so the first year, her anger wasn't at, at all about what I did. It was the fact that I lied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, it took me, oh, it took me years to mend the trust again mm-hmm. and the bond that I would never... Um, deceive her again yeah so that's what hurt with that but after that i mean honestly uh i I know her she had a really big fear what her friends were gonna think but by that time she was in junior high and she became like the cool girl right Mm. right because her mom was kiarmia god bless the kids man so she didn't have she didn't she didn't get any no one made fun of her nobody was like oh you're like nobody said like she became really cool after that like everyone wanted to be her friend and hang out with us and Mm -hmm. do everything Mm -hmm. so she didn't she didn't have to deal with any so by the time she was like um yeah 1920 and i started taking her traveling around the world she she legit and mind you, I'm, I'm Deanne Munoz all day long at home. Yeah, I'm curing me a couple hours right. every week. It's yeah. just that's a, it. And you yeah. know, and I don't. And I'm not like in the industry active where I'm like meeting people and hanging out with them, partying or doing. So she, all she knows is you know, Mama D. Everybody calls me Mama D. That's mm-hmm. all she knows of me. Mm-hmm. As a mom, like she's been my number one priority. Mm-hmm. Like everything's been for her mental health, for her mental safety. Like God forbid, you know, like I don't ever want her to go through anything I went through mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. And I created that safe space, and she got to be a kid growing up. Right. So, you know, as we started traveling and everything, she literally was like my number one, like, soldier and was like, that's my mom. Yeah, I love her. Like, she could do whatever mm-hmm. she like. She'd have my back 100, even to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, she's proud of me, like everything I've accomplished, what I've done. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. I like how you're saying that in the like in her younger years, it was always about her and that that was the priority. And I think I understand why she would feel betrayed being lied yeah. to. 
but I still am inclined to think you made the right decision. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I would do it yeah. because I feel like over, yeah. you meant that, but I think it was, if it, if it were me, I think I would insulate her as much as I could right. as well because it's hard growing up and then it's going to be really hard when you're like a kid and feeling like it's about you when obviously there's such a big other thing going on. Like, I think that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. I have yeah. to say the younger generation is not as traumatized by no. like sex acts yeah. as like it really it's this so different nowadays. Like everyone's a stripper now. When yeah. mind you at twenty <laughs> one's a stripper. A stripper at twenty one years old when I was stripping, this is twenty six years ago. Mm-hmm. Your memoir it should was... be called Everyone's a Stripper Now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes to like how everything you went through and like, like back <laughs> then like it was taboo. That there was only right. fifteen of us in the strip club. Right. Mm-hmm. It was taboo. It was, hush, hush, it was yeah. looked down upon, like yeah. we were scum of the earth. Like right. it just didn't happen you right. know and even in the porn world back then that was like the jenna jameson time like yeah. janine um tara patrick mm-hmm. like what there was maybe 10 like and that's yeah. it nobody yeah. else and they were contracted right and the money was insane back then and but it was only them it was only like, the, yeah. other girls didn't just jump in because even then they were like oh like i'm not gonna do that right. yeah. but nowadays you have a thousand girls every day coming in right trying to be one right so right. like it's just a, it's a different era back then versus today mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and she's growing up well she's she's older now but kids now are growing up where it's yeah, so normalized it's, mm-hmm. gay like everything's normal now like like there's no taboos anymore like there's just like everything's accepted right yeah. come one come all <laughs> like make your money how you want to make your yeah money. yeah exactly yeah. And i have to say i'm really i do hope that that translates over it continues not that i think everybody should have an only fans or everybody should be a stripper or in porn but i do think there shouldn't be as massive of a social stigma like oh you're a bad person if you do this like don't talk to her she has sex for money it's like mm, you don't necessarily have to date her you don't necessarily want to marry need to want to marry her but let let's not like make her feel like a pariah or like a social outcast. Like let's at least acknowledge that like she just makes her money a little differently, you know, yeah. which I really, I, I hope that that can continue on. And I feel like that, like that mindset is, is going to continue to grow. And I feel like the only like us, us as the talent, us as the black sheep, whether no matter what career people are trying to get into, that you're like, oh, like even as like how many times are people who are like guitarist, mm-hmm. their family's like, no, go to school and be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You're so stupid. Why are you going to do that? You're going to waste your life. Right. And then they become like, you know, slash, you right. know, like they become huge. It's it's literally like we're always forever going to be told not to do something. Mm-hmm. It's the courageous ones that have their gifts that are going to say, no, I'm going to pave my own way. Mm-hmm. And those are the people who become the trailblazers. Mm-hmm. And it's about, like, if you're the black sheep, fucking own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go in there, you own it. Because when you own it, then nobody around you, nobody around me thinks it's bad. Because mm-hmm. yeah. everyone, like, I'm so strong. Like, I, yeah, I I shoot OnlyFans. I provide entertainment for men. Like, I'm a lover. It's what I do. It's my magic. Mm-hmm. And I heal people. I'm going to start saying that I heal people with my OnlyFans I it, 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 a healing breast. I yeah, I call upon that energy for myself. It is cuz honestly, yeah. like you have magic. Yeah. Like your essence, your femininity, your mm-hmm. sexuality, your softness, that's yeah. magic for that's medicine for men. I mean, honestly, I I do agree. I do think it is. I think especially some of these men that wouldn't normally have 
access, yes. you know, or they live in rural parts and they're just like, look, <laughs> this is like the only interaction, female interaction yeah. I get. I'm, and they're all yeah, normal yeah. guys. They're so sweet. They're so loving. They're mm-hmm. so kind. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've like, you know, I mean, I've, I've also been an escort. Mm-hmm. I've dated half of my my clients mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them I would I would have married at some point if they'd asked me to. Mm -hmm. Mm Because there is a, there becomes like a relationship at some point. So it's really like, there is no stigma to put behind it. Mm -hmm. What is is just the government and certain religious groups just want you to follow their rules. Right. Like there are no rules in life. If if I'm loving what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. let me do it. Right. I, yeah. Listen, y'all. As long as you're not hurting, what like, I'm doing, yeah. let me do it. I and, like that. Like, that's what I said. And so, same thing too. They're like, well, some girls commit suicide. Like I said, I don't care what career you get in. If you don't love what you're doing, get out of it. It's true. Yeah. That's Even just not porn. Yeah. We have therapists, yeah. the number one, and dentists, the number one suicide rate. Yes. Because they take on people's pains. Yes. No one's taught them how to transmute it release it and mm. put it back out yeah I these agree. are things that we do i do as a coach mm. you know, as a divine feminine coach as a healer like like feel it transmute it learn from it and then we release mm. it mm. not sit there and take it in and don't tell anybody about it right right and then suffer in silence and then wonder why nothing's working out for you exactly yeah. and so that's why i tell people I'm like whether it's porn you don't want to be a stay-at-home mom mm. you don't want to be in an unhappy marriage it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be porn Anything you're in that doesn't align with a deep fuck yes, you're selling your soul. Mm, I love and that. And it's not I just porn. Yeah. So that's why I tell girls, too, you should not be in this industry. Right. And they could tell my best friend, let's just say she's a nurse mm-hmm. and she's hating it. You should not be that either. Right. She'll commit suicide, too. Right. It doesn't matter what the career is. Somebody not living in alignment is the problem. Mm-hmm. So if we can get people coached. To live in their truth, in their alignment, and know that they're worth leaving that marriage. They're worth going to find a job that they do like. Mm. If they want to go be a fucking artist and be broke, but they fucking love it, let them. That's where their magic is. Let them, like, at least they're going to die happy than die committing suicide in a job that they don't like. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer about what is the exact career. It's about doing what you love. And some of us love this. Some mm-hmm. of us learn, like, for me, it's the magic. It's the healing. Mm-hmm. I don't take the, I don't, I don't do anything that I'm not in alignment with. Like, sometimes, like, I have a few, um, you know, people try to book me for privates all I the was time. Gonna, I was going to say, yeah. what about when you're going in person and you're escorting? So and you're... I, I'm very particular. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? What's your name? I need to get to know you. I need to know the background. And then my price is really, really high. So I'm going to say there is an etiquette and class about, Filthy rich men. <laughs> what? 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 There's an etiquette in a class about filthy rich men. Yeah, there is a class about them. Okay, mm-hmm. Fil- filthy, filthy as in having a lot of money, or filthy as in sexually filthy. Oh no, <laughs> no, like like very rich, rich. like, like okay. really rich. Like, okay. I feel, I feel like people like that come from billion dollars, millionaire lifestyles. They're operating from different vibrational frequency. So when you entertain them, it's magic. Mm. Versus, let's say I had a really, really low price. And I got any Joe off the street. What's this price? Uh, it's like four thousand four hundred and forty-four an hour, forty k overnight. All right. Okay. So four Ooh. four 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 is that angel number? Yes. We charge yes. Okay. <laughs> this is the L A escort, y'all. We charging it angel numbers. Yes. I do. I, I charge that. angel numbers. Okay, girl. Okay. Don't, I I don't even know how I know that's some yeah, angel yeah, number yeah. shit. I think Chloe probably. <laughs> Everything I do. Charging the angel numbers on the full moon. 
Everything I do is manifesting. Is manifesting. Okay. Everything I do is angelic. Like everything I touch is going to be done in a very loving and spiritual and like energy exchange way. What I keep hearing you touch on too, I don't think you've said this word, but I think you would agree with what I'm about to say. It sounds like whatever you're doing, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. You're doing, like you've said, exactly what you want to do, but you're intentionally there. So even when you're escorting, you're intentionally there. You've interviewed this person and you're intentionally yes. saying, I choose to go and spend my time with mm-hmm. this person. I choose to be attracted now that I know X, Y, Z about this man. And I choose to go and spend my time because yeah. I know that I'm going to have a nice time with this person. Exactly. Yeah. That's also the, the whole point of that was saying, like, I turn down crazy amount of money all the time mm-hmm. because just there's a irk. Money's not the issue because mm-hmm. I've turned down so much money. It's literally like there was no, there was, they might have just been super gross and like, like just being perverted. Like, hey, so I'm going to fuck you. Like, yeah, oh, bro. Like, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Like the minute someone comes up, that's, that's icky to me. I don't care how much you're offering me. I've turned it down a million times where I'm like, no, I, like, I, don't, I don't like. If it's already not feeling good now, when I'm on my phone texting, I highly doubt it's going to oh, feel no, any it's better. It's never going to change. It never will. That's a good rule of thumb. Because sometimes girls, you know, trying to get into the escort agency, yeah. they're, you know, everyone knows me. More than 46, I've been around for 20 years escorting. Mm-hmm. I always tell them, too, I'm like, don't ever do it because you have to pay the rent. Right. Don't ever do it because you need, the minute you need money, you're now going to start settling for the lower entities the bad entities the bad energies you know in my early 20s i didn't know better Mm -hmm. you know my price was way lower and i took anybody that came and i had two situations where i got raped both times really you know and you're just like oh that wouldn't Mm -hmm. have happened at a certain caliber of men right that's who wouldn't have happened if i wasn't desperate to pay my fucking rent money but you also you didn't know then you, you don't know what you don't know yes and unfortunately and so, sometimes that's where the biggest lessons come yeah. into play it's unfortunate that you had to go through that I'm that's why i always feel like that, the way like when people ask me i'm like i'm like I, like i'm always putting people on game like let me tell you something like yeah. because i don't want people to repeat what i did mm-hmm. like i want their experience to be pleasurable like mm-hmm. let me tell you how it works for me mm-hmm. like even on OnlyFans, um you know on instagram Sometimes you see new girls like barely getting on and they're posting the link and saying, see me on OnlyFans. And I'll literally be like in the message. I'm like, do not say that word on Instagram. Delete the link. Put a link tree or another one. I'm like, don't even put the logo. I'm like, that's going to get your Mm -hmm. whole page shadow banned and deleted like as quick as possible. You know, and they're like, oh, my God, thank you. No one else has said it to me. And I'm just like, every single girl following you sees that. We all know we wouldn't do that. Like, why wouldn't you at least... uh, uh, 30 second text message yeah. hey girl just heads up you're brand new to OnlyFans obviously but if you notice none of us have the direct link yeah. in our link <laughs> there's, there's so a true. reason for yeah, that there is, yeah. yeah amen you're such like a beacon of information and you really mm-hmm. are even like a a beacon of light too your energy is so is so light we have a lot of guests yeah. come on and I think sometimes you know unfortunately we can tell if there is like a little bit of shame and trauma around it luckily 99 percent of our guests are fabulous but you know there's the occasional person that has came in and you're just you you just kind of know in your heart afterwards you're like oh i don't know if that person's happy yeah Mm -hmm. i can't say i mean you're you're incredibly happy and it seems like you're leading an incredibly fulfilled life in in all areas yeah you're You're like you like pretty you're like a salesperson for being happy (laughs) yeah like i feel like you're a great salesperson but you're selling just like being confident and happy and you know what that comes from because we were talking about sobriety is 
So after I started dancing at 21, and on like the story between 21 and 26, I was on. I ended up on every kind of drug. Ended up smoking crystal meth. Mm. Ended up losing everything within six months of crystal. Meth will do that to you. Meth, <laughs> and I had like like incidences with suicide and mm. demons, and I literally had to at some point like surrender. Yes. And I surrendered and said, okay, this isn't working for me. And I got sober. And when I got sober, you have to go to AA. You don't have to go to AA. But I was so thirsty mm, for happiness. I didn't know what happiness felt like. Desperate. I didn't know what ha- I was seven years chasing the next high, the mm. next high, because I was so fucking heartbroken for my husband. Yeah. Like that, my dad, like, I was so heartbroken as a girl. Yeah. And no one told me it was okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, for seven years, I chased it with men, money, sex, drugs, everything I could. And at 26, it didn't work anymore. Mm. It stopped working. The pain was only getting worse and worse. And I yeah. was like, how to get sober? And that was the first time I'd prayed to God in over 10 years. Did you get on your knees? I did. Yeah, I got I, I was like, oh. on my knees. On, and I ended up on the floor in a field crying, screaming, God, I can't take this darkness mm. anymore. Mm. And from that, and um, I struggled staying sober and i was not happy going to sobriety i was in depression i had to go see so many therapists and i put so much work in it and there were so many dark places that i tell people today i cannot risk a minute of my head going to a dark place Mm -hmm. because i don't think oh i'm sad i want to go drink i'm thinking i want to go blow my brains out yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so people tell me i don't i can't afford to sit in a pity party. I can't afford to be a victim. Because yeah. I'm not like normal people where I could just go be depressed and come back a week later. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm very in. intense. Like I'm gonna, as as high of joy I could be mm. is also the depths of how I can go to. Mm. So the reason I'm always this way is because I've had to intentionally, yeah. every day, every minute, every hour, catching my thoughts, mm-hmm. catching my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a, a movie. Yeah. What's the little thing? Shit. A real, a real, like I'm always like, like, like I'm, I read like nonstop affirmations yeah. all day long driving, mm-hmm. because my mindset doesn't isn't set like normal people. It's work, yeah. Like people, have, they're like, you thought of suicide? I'm like, you've never thought of that. They're like, no. I'm like, you're weird. In the meetings, because yeah. I go to the meetings, everyone's like, yeah, I thought of killing myself. Everyone's like, ha ha ha, in the room it's because it's so us, yeah. relatable. Because but we, when yeah. I had this conversation, normal people, they're like. Yeah. I'm like, you've never thought of suicide? They're like, no. I'm like, never. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. You haven't lived if no. you've never thought of killing right. yourself. Yeah. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no, yeah, they're like, no. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Gotta take some more chances, bud. No, like literally, like that's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm like, I, I don't know. That's just... So I just know, like, my mind's different than other people's. So yeah, that's why... Practice rerouting yourself all day long. Yourself. Like she, like my, my assistant too. Like if she says something that's a little all like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna work. But, uh, yeah, we don't say that. She's like, it's gonna work. And I'm like, yeah, high yeah. five. Yeah. It, it's just always operating from a different. It's, it's a program. Yeah, like a program. Like it's like a constant unicorn next to me. That's like, I am happy. I am beautiful. Yeah. I am uh-huh. strong. I am happy. I am beautiful. That's literally what I hear all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good for people yeah. to hear because I think a lot of people assume that when someone's happy, it's just how they are. Right. And yeah. it came easy and right. naturally. And, and they were always that way. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, there's, I, that's why I'm a coach. Let me show you what I did. It did. I didn't happen overnight either. Right. Mm-hmm. By far, it didn't. I'm 46. I got sober at 26. It's been a 20-year journey. Mm-hmm. But I now I'm like, okay, like, I know what I've been through. If you've been through it, I could walk you through what I've been through. I've been raped. I've been molested. Like, I've been homeless on the street. Like, I've been a single mom. Like, I've been divorced. Like, there's nothing I have not been through. Yeah. I could walk you through just what I did and give you those tools. And hopefully, I walk by your side 
with you through it and you can get to, you know, wherever you want intentional. Right. Where do you want to be? Mm. That's great. What makes you happy? Right. Make a conscious yeah. decision. That's so beautiful. Oh, I love yeah. it. I almost, yeah, I almost started crying too. Honestly. It's so it's it's very inspirational. You're you have an incredibly powerful story. Thank you. What is I, I mean, I don't think Kayla or I want to end this, but I know. <laughs> what like what is sadly wrapping up, what what is next for you? Like what are you working on? What is Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna be doing a women's retreat. I'm coming. In June. (laughs) I'm I'm coming. I'll be there. I want to do a women's retreat where it'll be a weekend of setting our intentions. Right. And then dealing like, like what, what needs to be, what, what do we need to let go of? Hmm. Like whatever it is for somebody, we're going to be releasing things that just no longer are, are alignment with us. Setting intentions, mm-hmm. like what? It, what is our next level? What is the next thing we want to call in? So manifestations, I like the word prayer. Okay. And I don't, for me, I've disassociated God or prayer with religion because mm-hmm. I've done a lot Same. of work. So yep. I try not to say Amen. it too often, but for me, I just always think of this like, like I just, I always see myself in this like very godly form, like a, like angelic sent here from God. So like my manifestations, I always say is my prayer. Mm-hmm. So if I'm manifesting, you know, I want to manifest a women's retreat with 20 girls, like my prayer is this retreat. Mm-hmm. So we're going to come in and we're going to do prayers, we're going to do uh, meditations, visioning, just being loved, loving up on women, like, cre- like creating um, the womanhood, like a women, a sisterhood. Are we going to be naked? Yes. I love it. Okay. Naked. If it's a naked woman, we'll be doing there, girl. static dancing. Okay. Moon, moon prayers. Palm, Palm Springs? <laughs> um, Shit. You know what? Sedona, I found this Sedona. gorgeous Airbnb. Let's do oh it. Oh, my God. So Na- literally naked just... in the Airbnb with our prayers. <laughs> Big there. titty prayers, you know, baby. Like there. candles. It's just, just everything. Just going to be like a magical weekend of like <laughs> yeah, snacks. Oh, yeah. Lots Kiwi of in the fruit. There. Kiwi in the fruit bowl for sure. Oh, kiwi for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I I, that, you know. I love that. That sounds just yeah. just like the divine feminine. But like, like literally going back to being women and just mm-hmm. like frolicking with other women. Okay, eating fruit. Let's go skinny dipping naked okay. and prayers mm-hmm. and moon magic and like what do we want to manifest? What do we want to call in? Okay, and just like literally like basking in that. All right. And then come back out to live the world. Basking in the juices yeah. and eating the kiwi in the fruit bowl. So that's that's what's next. That and then um, you know, I have my coaching programs that you know people could come with one on one mentorship with me. I have rebirth. So rebirth is for the person who wants to rebrand, rebirth, mm-hmm. and reinvent themselves and reintroduce themselves to the world. Okay. So whatever your story is, we're just you're you, not me. I'm gonna support you through it. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna literally transform and rewrite their story. Okay. Who do you want to be now? Reintroduce yourself. So that's my that's my signature program rebirth because that's what I did as a porn star. People were like, "How are you going to do it?" I'm like, "I'm just going to do it." Yeah, I have to say, I think the people on your OnlyFans are probably getting like a very good return on their money <laughs> because they're getting a lot of um, no, beautiful they all information. Come on there with, they all come on there with personal problems, right? Yeah. Their wife, their <laughs> kids, what happened at work, depression, because they do know what I do. Everyone right. follows me because. I lost my page at 6 million followers as Kiara Mia. So I had Unleash Your Sexy for my woman empowerment for years. So from there, like all my porn star friends were like, oh, go follow her new page. So it's like a mix of both people. So (laughs) when they're dick in one hand and their problems in the other. (laughs) And they know what I do. The dick is the problem. (laughs) They just need one hand. And now, no, it's it's interesting because even the guys are like, little did I know, watching porn was going to heal me because a lot of these men joined my coaching programs. 
Wow. And they have these huge testimonies. And oh, I l- thought you were going to say they have these huge, <laughs> they have these huge <laughs> testicles. Testicles. Testicle monies. Huge testicles. Sure. <laughs> okay. Shit. They have huge testicles with huge testimonies. Testicle monies. They come on the only fans with some big old testicle monies. Oh, no. We started talking about testicles. I know. We got CJ's making hybrid words. Oh, God. What a a headliner for this episode. Oh, my God. But I I love that. What you have to say is so powerful and so positive. And I think it's, I just think it's really cool. So me too. I love it. It's very different from anyone that we've ever had on here. You definitely made me think. Yeah, good. very thought-provoking yeah. episode, yeah. which we don't typically have. <laughs> I had some questions. We don't always have like a life coach kind of like a person who yeah. uh, has been in both worlds. Yeah. So You killed it. Sorry Thank if you guys you. think I'm boring. No, but I nobody. Thought I... <laughs> Listen, don't apologize, right, Kira Teller? Yes. Don't apologize. Sorry. We own, own it. it. Yeah, assistance okay. in the back, like yeah, she's, she's right. learned. She's like, no, 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 Kayla, <laughs> live your yeah. truth, Kayla. I'm living it, and I'm um six months sober. So at 26, I got sober. Mm-hmm. I think like four or five years, I started drinking again. I haven't touched drugs again since I was 26. Um, and then last year, I was praying, right? And I, God was giving me these visions that if I got stopped drinking, because mind you, I'm a drinker. Uh-huh. I'm a fucking same. drinker. Yeah, like, I, love I can drink seven nights a week, yep. get trashed, and get up and do my life. Oh, but damn. I being, get but a... being hungover was hard for me. I couldn't do it the days I had one-on-one clients mm-hmm. or I had a coach. You can't. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to give up yourself. So I had you a vision nothing. where God told me, spirit, my ancestors, my ink and minds, every, every medicine woman that's ever been in my lineage <laughs> was like, bitch, get sober, and we're going to th- thrust you like literally tenfold into your coaching. That's literally what I was told. So I literally, uh, did November, November, I think of last year, uh-huh. I started my sobriety. No. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Well, started the sobriety drinking. I think that was six months before that. Mm-hmm. And then um, in November, I had, I've been on Xanax prescribed since I got sober at 26 because mm-hmm. the crystal meth had fucked up my nervous system. Yeah. And I had, I had panic attacks for three years straight. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going on Xanax. I've been on for 20 years. So not only did I get sober from drinking, then I went off my Xanax. Mm. This is the first time I've ever been off all meds. I'm on almost four months now. And I've been having these like beautiful visions of what's next and what's next and like what's coming next. So sobriety was huge. Like sobriety. Call me. Let's go to some meetings. I believe it. Some hot guys at the meetings too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. She wants that throb. She's chasing a throb. (laughs) And you get get sober. Wait, and we'll have lots of testicle monies. Yeah, lots of testicle monies (laughs) at the AA meeting. (laughs) If you see me at the AA meeting, just keep keep walking. (laughs) Don't worry about us. I just got the testicle monies. Oh, God, that's horrible. Next one I go into, they're like, CJ, can you see yourself out? Please, you can't like, be I part just, of the community. Wait, no, the guys are like, CJ, I got a, a seat saved right here. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for you, guys. You, are, you guys are, we got the seat savers in you. <laughs> All right, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, oh my oh gosh. My Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah. Thank Seriously, you for having it's been me. so awesome. It was an honor. Thank you, you so much. Great. Let's take All our right. shoes off. I can't All wait. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>